Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. And joining me from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier. How are you tonight? I am doing well. How about yourself? I am fine. Good. And from, uh, God, I keep forgetting, uh, from from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, (laughs) Mr. Alfred Rockside. I'm worldwide, people. <laughs> Where oh. in the world is Oliver Rockside? That's really, okay. Now we just need a really bad doo-wop group to sing it. Okay. <laughs> this week, we are discussing Season 5, Episode 3, Lee Harvey Oswald. He, he killed a president, didn't he? Apparently. <laughs> Depends on who you ask, really, doesn't it? <laughs> And, and even if it's really him, apparently. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't get me started this early. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Um, this would be totally, my, my initial, uh, my initial note is uh, this will be totally objective with no conspiratorial elements to it at all. Sadly, I'm wrong. Uh Steve, why don't you give us your uh, your your impressions of this episode? Um, I, I don't know. I, we have a lot to talk about, but I don't know if the episode was that great. You, you know what I mean? It was like there was so much more that they could talk about, and they didn't. No, no, they yeah they ah uh, so much more. Oliver, what were your what, what was your opinion or your your impressions or whatever? I, I well, asked. I'm going to shock the audience a little bit in the fact that this is one of two, and funnily enough, we're going to be doing the the other one later on in the season. This is one of the two conspiracy theories I actually subscribe to, mm-hmm. uh, that Lee Harvey Oswald was not uh, the only shooter. Uh, so, But they get so many things wrong in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's you know, and now again, it's the hindsight of thirty nine years, but um, but they seem to take a certain tack. Like they they yeah. they actually, uh, their theory is garbage to begin with, but mm-hmm. they only stick with that one theory. Mm-hmm. And Steve's right; they left a lot out. Mm-hmm. Well, you could only cover so much in a half hour TV show geared towards you know uh, young kids. True. Well, true. But, um, you know, if you're going to show there's a Bruder film, which I still to this day find very disturbing, mm-hmm. that's not exactly stuff for kids. No, you're right. It's not. And they show it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. All right. We have uh, we have Leonard to talk to us. And uh, I, I'd like to apologize for the annoying music during this whole clip. <laughs> No, 
November 22nd, 1963, a lone figure walks to a window in the Texas School Book Depository. In a matter of seconds, the President of the United States will be mortally wounded, and the name Lee Harvey Oswald will be etched in history. But did Oswald really kill President Kennedy? New evidence points to the possibility that he did not. Now, unlike Oliver, I am of the opinion that, yes, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, and, you know, I think the Warren Commission got it right. Um, But that's just my opinion. I used to be a, a, a conspiracy theorist, especially with this one. You know, I bought into the Oliver Stone movie and everything, but eh, anymore. When you really look at it, to me, he acted alone. And and I'll get into why. <laughs> Anyone have anything to add? Ooh, controversy rears its ugly head. Yes. Well, I'm I'm going to be annoying and, and kind of take a, a page from both of you. Okay. I, 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 I agree with you that I think Oswald was a single shooter. But I think the Warren Commission got a lot of things wrong. Well, I, I think they got, you know, they, they got the basic gist of it right. <laughs> um, so, and I had heard this argument a while back. And yes, I'm going to, I'm going to, let me, let me step up on my soapbox here. Uh, Kennedy was regarded by many to be a great president, even in the two short years that he served. Um, well, two and a half ish years. Uh, people, you know, people tend to view him as larger than life, you know, and this is where the conspiracy theory comes out of, you know, that nobody this big, nobody this great could possibly be taken down by just this little ordinary person, this timid individual, apparently. So, you know, it's got to be a big conspiracy that a big person gets taken down. So that's my, that's my two cents. I'm stepping down off my soapbox. <laughs> Oliver, go. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I do believe that there was a second shooter for many reasons. Um, not, some have to do with physics, although I know that uh, there hasn't been a program that tried to disprove that. Uh, there's also uh, the fact that um, uh, from where Oswald was, uh, the, sh- the hit to the shoulder probably was much more as about as accurate as he could get with that weapon from that mm-hmm. distance. Um, the thing about the Warren Commission that always kind of made me laugh, and especially the, the tact, I don't know whether I should ruin it now or later, uh, that that Russia was involved is garbage. <laughs> because everybody in the U.S. in that time were blaming the Soviet Union for everything. They oh, were yeah. blaming the Soviet Union for fluoride in the water, for <laughs> Christ's sake. If there was any Russian, even a hint of Russian involvement, the Warren Committee would have pounced on that in two seconds mm-hmm. flat. My belief is that John Kennedy, although Jason, I think, makes a very valid point, is that we've kind of built John F. Kennedy into this uh, he, paragon. He was, you know, de- this, he, we deified him. Yeah, we deified him. Uh, and I think that that is, if we look at the reality of it, is not true. Um but uh, he did know some things via his brother. And um, 
one thing that really bothered me about this episode, I know it was about Lee Harvey Oswald, but they really didn't touch on Jack Ruby because mm. to me, mm. in my mind, Jack Ruby is the key to this because I think that J. Edgar Hoover had Kennedy killed because of what Kennedy knew. And then he got his buddies in the mob because Jack Ru- Ruby was connected to do a cleanup job, mm. as it were. That's my theory. Okay. Uh, by the way, they do they do say the line, you know, uh, you know, many people believe the Soviets were involved. Um, and, and I'm going to go back to something I've said earlier. Uh, just because there's a you know there's people who think Elvis is alive doesn't make Elvis any less dead. You know, just because no. you think the Soviets were involved doesn't make them involved. No, and the other thing you have to consider is, was the Soviet Union really that concerned about Cuba? No. No. I mean, Fidel Castro was great for their for their posters. Mm-hmm. But remember in this time, Fidel Castro had proclaimed that it was a temp job. Yeah. Remember that he said he was only going to be in power for six months. <laughs> when yes. Did he, when did he finally die and uh, cede power to his brother? In 2014? <laughs> yeah. Fifteen, yeah, yeah. That's a hell of a temp job, people. Uh huh. Um, so I mean, there was no reason. The other thing that they point out, and Steve, please back me up on this. They said, did they say that the Bay of Pigs was an embarrassment to Russia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did, but it wasn't. It was. <laughs> it absolutely wasn't. Uh so our our next that, that, clip, okay, because that was that was a Kennedy thing. That was a yeah. All right. That was, What's it? Well, go ahead. That was embarrassing to JFK. Ay hmm. uh, So all right, we're we're already batting a thousand. Uh, <laughs> next clip. The Warren Commission concluded there were three shots fired during the assassination, all of them coming from behind the president, out of a Texas school book depository window. But many witnesses to the assassination claimed that at least one shot came from the grassy knoll situated to the right and front of the president's car. In spite of these contradictory accounts, the conclusions reached by the Warren Commission would officially stand until startling new evidence came to light. Oh, yes, and we're going to get into this because I have problems with this startling new evidence (laughs) um so apparently and i i cut out uh the whole story of how you know this audio recording was captured there was a motorcycle cop uh in dallas who apparently had his his uh his radio jammed in the on position so that they you know uh the uh uh, 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 sound. The the sound was recorded back at base. Um, here's a problem: the motorcycle was moving. So, you know, let's talk audio dynamics here. Yeah, that's what I thought too. So, here's the next clip. This is uh, after the motorcycle story. It was a recording that had been overlooked for 15 years. The tape should never have existed at all. At the time of the assassination, the microphone on a police motorcycle was jammed in the on position, transmitting sound to police headquarters, where it was routinely recorded. When the shots were fired in Dallas, 
the microphone picked up those sounds. In 1978, Dr. James Barger of the acoustic firm Bolt, Baranek, and Newman attempted to find those gunshots. We began our analysis by recording the tape into the computer. We digitized the data and made a file. Then we had the computer filter this file in order to remove the sound of the motorcycle as much as we could. The motorcycle noise is repetitive. It, it, the piston fires repetitively. The filter was taught to recognize that sound and to eliminate it. We then had the computer make a long paper picture of these filtered sounds. The, the picture was about 500 feet long and it represented a pictorial view of the filtered sounds for the whole five and a half minutes that the motorcycle microphone was stuck open. We examined that entire 500 feet of acoustical waveform to see if there were any waveforms that looked like they might represent gunfire. In fact, we did find in six places where sound bursts indicated the possibility of gunfire on the Dallas police tape. At this time, we realized we needed a more careful, a more stringent analysis technique, one that would definitely determine whether these impulsive sounds were gunfire or whether they were extraneous noise. Okay. I'm going to go with they were gunfire. You know, so six bursts. Here's my problem. Number one, motorcycles moving. Number two, what they recorded, and I just picked up on this like recently, like after I took my notes. What they recorded was not this one motorcycle, but all other radio traffic coming in. So now you have a bunch of motorcycles and cars driving around um, in different places. So, you know, they got six of these, uh, you know, they got six echoes. Well, that could that might only be three shots because if it's picking up, say, on two police radios in two different places because you know police are constantly on and off the radio say that shot rings out while another officer is on the radio well you're gonna have some doppler shift there you're gonna have you know the sound from the the jammed open microphone but then you're gonna have another officer some distance further or closer to that bullet or that gunshot and it's not going to be at the exact same time. 1,130 feet per second. That's the speed of sound. So, by the way, this whole process would have been easier if they just had audacity. <laughs> <laughs> so, am, am I making sense here? Yes. That, 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 sure. that tape is completely bogus. Yeah, uh, yes it is. Because... Because all they're really looking at is, are audio spikes. Mm -hmm. They do not know where those audio spikes are originating from. A car could have backfired. Mm -hmm. It was the early 60s. It's entirely possible. Uh, the other thing is, is the Dealey Plaza is an echo chamber. Oh, yeah. 
was my that was my thought is that they were echoes. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the nothing. other. That's you know that is another possibility. Yeah, that is junk science. Uh, so they so they decided to conduct a, a better experiment to really nail it down, and they really screwed it up. Uh, also, how many people did this freak out? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. So. They recorded gunshots from various points around the assassination site. To, to, to call back to a previous episode, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they claim there were three shots from the book de- depository and one from the grassy knoll. Um, however, you know, like I said before, they failed to take into account gunshots heard and recorded from other police radios. And I think they, I'm guessing they probably forgot to take into effect, uh, you know, the speed of sound from also, various places. Also, did they do it in November? Hmm. Remember that the air pressure and things like that affect the sound. This is true. If they're doing it in the middle of July when it's 105 degrees in Dallas, hmm. the sound's going to travel differently because of the humidity in the air. I thought... I thought it was always 105 degrees in Dallas. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, okay, we're finally done with the uh, with with the radio goobers here. Not that there's can anything go, wrong with radio guys, but can I just go back to another little pet peeve that I have that was that Leonard said a, a few clips ago? Sure. Okay, John F. Kennedy was not mortally wounded. <laughs> that makes it sound like. He survived that. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was dead on the spot. Mm-hmm. It always kind of it, it's kind of the polite way of saying it, and I understand that. But nobody was wounded. <laughs> well, I think John mortal... Con- except except John Connolly. John, John Connolly, Connolly was wo- was wounded. Well, mort- <laughs> mortally wounded basically means killed. No, I, I understand it's a polite way, but like he was killed. He was dead on the spot. Right. All right. Now. I know. I'm nitpicking, I know. Now, now, now we meet Yuri. Less than two months after the assassination, Yuri Ivanovich Nosenko, a high-level Russian KGB agent, defected to the United States. As recreated here for In Search Of, Nosenko told American CIA officers that as part of his duties, he had personally supervised the KGB file on Lee Harvey Oswald while Oswald lived in Russia. Nosenko assured the Americans that Oswald had no relations with Soviet intelligence and acted without Soviet knowledge in the assassination of President Kennedy. Many of the CIA officers found serious discrepancies in Nosenko's story and suspected that Nosenko was sent here by the KGB to mislead the Americans about Oswald's Soviet connections. To prove his honesty, Nosenko agreed to submit to a lie detector examination. The key questions... Did Nosenko supervise the KGB file on Lee Harvey Oswald? Yes. And was Lee Harvey Oswald involved in any way with the intelligence activities of the KGB? No. 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 How many times? According to the results of the polygraph test, Yuri Ivanovich Nosenko was a liar. Because it wouldn't be an in search of episode without a lie detector. And considering a lie detector is scientific. Yes. 
Uh, first of all, I could have told you he was lying if you know by by the way he answered the last question. <laughs> now, how many times do I have to tell you? You know, yeah, that, that you know, it's pretty much a you know. Uh, that was an so, excellent impression, by the way. Oh, thank yes, you, thank it was. you. You know, kudos. It's like it's in the room. Um, mm. by, by the way, <laughs> I am Yuri. Uh, Yuri was eventually found out to be an actual defector. Uh, so, going through this, um, a lot of the <clears throat> expert testimony that they have in this episode is a lot of people just spouting opinion as a result of uh, connecting the dots, even when there are no dots. Uh, you know, you got... Oh, I, I can't remember the, the clown's name. Um, the Michael Beddows. Yeah. No, 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 no. That He's later. Bob Gordon? I think so. Edward Epstein? Okay. Uh, any of those guys. Um you know, talking about, you know, ba- basically using their opinion of Russia to to form their opinion of this guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no the, the problem that I have with it, is, Jason, is is this is what Intergev loves to do is that they take a kernel of truth mm-hmm. and then decide to make an ear of corn out of it. Right. The, um, of course, there was a file on Lee Harvey Oswald. He was an American who defected. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was rare. The Madonna's talent. Uh, I mean that that was that was going to happen. But he had a high school education. He was in the he was in the military, but not very high up. They no. weren't going to use him as an asset no. for anything. No. Uh, so yeah, we finally get around to talking about Lee Harvey Oswald. You know, this is only what fourteen minutes into the episode, we finally actually talk about. The subject of the episode, um, he apparently moved all, moved around as a kid, uh, and teachers detected something intense about him. Uh, I wonder, was this discussed after the assassination? Because, you know, of course, the warning signs are never there before. Um, and then, well, uh, Also, he's a kid who traveled around a lot. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't have many friends. Probably not. You know, that, so he he probably seemed a little bit withdrawn and solitary because he moved around a lot. And he didn't he didn't have a lot of friends. Right, that's true. Yeah, just so Lee was an emo. I mean, yeah. so exactly. what? You know, and, and then Oswald defected to Russia, and then he uh, undefected. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, a, yes. what other word? <laughs> How do you undefect? I don't know. <laughs> like. You, you've surrendered your U.S. citizenship, and then you come back and you say you want it back again. I don't think it works that way. Well, it, if it does work that day, work that way, somebody tell Jack Todd. Uh, mm. <laughs> he was a Vietnam uh, defector to Canada. Still lives there. Montreal uh, Canadians uh, beat reporter, I believe. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I follow him on Twitter. I know you. You and you and Dave both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. All right. Oh, now now let's get into some serious woo business. Yes? Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we have woo in this episode. At least I call it woo. With him, he brought a Russian wife, Marina, 
and a diary describing his life while in Russia. The diary tells the story of a bitter young man becoming increasingly disillusioned with the communist system. However, the diary also contains some puzzling discrepancies. Could it be a fake? Another attempt by the Russians to mislead us? To find out, we went to the National Archives in Washington, D.C. to interview internationally known handwriting analyst Tia Stein Lewinson. Mrs. Lewinson had spent more than four months working on the Oswald Diary, putting it through microscopic scrutiny before she arrived at her evaluation. This is not a spontaneous writing. It is written very slowly and deliberately. One could assume that possibly Oswald copied excerpts from his original diary, which were given to him by some representative of Soviet intelligence, and that he then wrote very slowly in order to comply with the demands. However, here and there one can see that he gets irritated and especially at the end of the pages he frequently gets quite fatigued. I'm going to call BS. <laughs> um, Where to begin? <laughs> uh, first of all, Little little background on uh, on this cartoon character. Um, she sounds she sounds like a, a typical cartoon character to me. Um, like, uh, she was one who is trying to advance the uh, study of graphology, which, by the way, to mainstream science is considered pseudoscience. You know the the idea that you can psychoanalyze somebody by their handwriting. Um, it is considered pseudoscience. Um, it was her and I can't remember the other, Lewinson and uh, somebody else. I can't remember his name now, but yeah, I, I give very, very little credence to this. Oliver, anything? Well, okay. What if you just write slow naturally? That, that I mean, could, you know, is she comparing this to other things you know other other writing samples from him yeah it's just it, it, it how do you tell whether someone is writing spontaneously or not first first um, of all the only thing the only thing she's really an expert in is um if i am correct cuz she works at the national archives is basically looking at the handwriting to see if it is a forgery or a genuine article yeah but that's different yeah that, exactly that's the only that, thing she's an expert at she's not a psychoanalyst no no and the other thing is is that you know this just shows you how old i am is that i have to use write use my write my uh, exams in cursive. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody uses cursive anymore. I use but, a hybrid. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, uh, my hand would get fatigued after, mm-hmm. you know, writing an exam. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that he was under any stress from a, from a third party. It doesn't mean anything. Maybe his wife was bugging him to take out the trash. Maybe, maybe she had a honey-do list and yeah. he was just, you know, he was freaking out. 
Because, you know, to pick up some, on something Oliver said, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he wrote slowly because we don't know how literate he was. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's another right? point. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he only had a high school education. Uh, we don't know how good of a educate, uh, how high he was when he came out. I mean, it is possible for him to be, you know, not not illiterate, but just not write very well. Mm-hmm. And if you don't write very well, you're going to write slowly. Right. Uh, so now we we talk to I, I I believe this is another clown. Um, this this episode there are no voices of reason in this episode, at all. Edward Epstein. When I went through Lee Harvey Oswald's diary, I found two anachronisms, two things that were out of date. One was on October thirty first, where he talked about the American consul McVicker, who wasn't yet the consul for another year. The second thing was he talked about rubles in terms of old rubles that were 10 for a dollar rather than new rubles that were 1 for a dollar. This was not a genuine diary. It was a fake. It was written after the fact to give Lee Harvey Oswald a legend so he could explain to the FBI and other people in America what he was doing in Russia for two years, what he was supposed to be doing in Russia, not what he was doing. Maybe he was just mistaken. Also, what accent is that? That sounds like, you know, uh, Southern England via the Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't spot that accent. But you're right, Jason. I think he's another cartoon character. (laughs) Um, Maybe Lee Harvey Oswald couldn't do math. Right. That would explain the rubles question. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is about he says October 31st, but he doesn't give a year. Right. Yeah, Um, that's, that's true. So how does the we have we as as viewers have nothing to compare that factoid with? I mean, <sighs> October thirty first, nineteen sixty three, would have been three weeks before the assassination. He wasn't in Russia then, right? We know that. So was it sixty two, sixty one, sixty fifty nine? What? <laughs> Who knows? And, and we we don't know when the diary was written. No. Right? We, no, they we, haven't said anything. I mean, you know, we're, 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 I think that we're supposed to assume that it was written at the time, but we can't assume that the diary was written at the time. Mm-hmm. Right? He could be looking back on his time and rem- trying to remember things. Right. And sometimes you forget things, right? I never like, forget anything. Like, for never. example, in one of our episodes, I said that the War of the Worlds broadcast was in 1933 when it was actually 1938. Oh, man. Does that mean I'm a fraud? Steve, well, you're fired. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Make him a fraud. Come on, Jason, reprimand him for that one. <laughs> but you know uh, what I mean? It's, it's like oh yeah. I I was speaking off the top of my head. I just got it wrong. Exactly. So maybe he was doing that. Well, now now we have. Oh, we have my favorite character of this episode. On November twenty fourth, nineteen sixty three. Medical examiners began an autopsy on the individual they assumed to be Lee Harvey Oswald. It is recreated here for In Search Of. Their findings were to create a public controversy that would surface 15 years later when British lawyer, author, and investigator Michael Eddowes made public the results of his investigation of Lee Harvey Oswald. This is the most terrifying story you will ever hear, and the Russians don't want you to hear about it. 
The man who killed President Kennedy was not Lee Harvey Oswald. He was a Soviet lookalike whose first name was Alec, and who came to the United States as a member of the KGB assassination squad for the direct purpose of killing President Kennedy. This guy is so <laughs> full of shit. When did we suddenly turn into an episode of Get Smart? Yeah, no, <laughs> So he's going into like you know all these like these, uh, let's see the the body on the table you know the the measurement was like five foot nine when uh, 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 Oswald was five foot eleven and um, there were yeah, scars yeah a three yeah and so and you know what I'm gonna put it this way. I really can't imagine the coroners really giving much of a crap about the scars of some stiff who killed an American president. They knew who he was. They knew how he died. You know, this is just a formality. You know, cut him open, take some notes, bag him, tag him, you know, throw him in a freezer. You're done, you know. Okay, first of all... um, I don't believe that Lee Harvey Oswald killed President Kennedy, and I still think this is garbage. Um, first of all, if you're going by scars, uh, you have to take into account the time when he was last given a medical and the time that he was on a steel bench. He may have acquired those scars between those two incidences. He might have. It's certainly possible. He might have gotten those scars when Jack Ruby came in and. You know, at least not, you know, there would have been cuts right. or abrasions or something. But, you know, he would have had, you know, he would have gotten, you know, definitely hurt if, you know, somebody like went to grab him. You know, yeah, I know. I know. He definitely hurt. Right. Oh, yeah. The ma- the mastoid, the mastoid thing I can't, I can't explain mainly because I have no idea what a mastoid is. Hmm. And, um, but at the end of the day. If this guy was a Russian lookalike mm-hmm. and he was trained by the KGB, then how in the world did he get caught by the Dallas police four <laughs> hours later? <laughs> He's not exactly a master criminal, then, is he? Exactly. Uh, I looked this up. Yes, they exhumed him. Okay. There was in nine. It was it was after the episode. It was 1981 because he says in in the episode that he's going to pursue legal means, mm-hmm. and he did. And at first, uh, Marina Oswald's wife agreed to it. Oswald's brother disagreed with it. So there was some legal wrangling, and then finally they managed to do it. And it turns out that the body in the grave of Lee Harvey Oswald was in fact Lee Harvey Oswald. There we go. <laughs> and Edo's response was, well, at least I know the truth now. <laughs> well, I, I, like I, you know, like I said, you know, you've got this guy who, uh, okay, and, and I'll humor Oliver here, allegedly killed an American president. Uh, you know, do you think the, cor- you know, the coroner knows the guy, the guy's dead of a gunshot wound. You know, it's well documented. On TV, <laughs> you know, do, are they really going to care about every little detail? They want to go to dinner. 
<laughs> and again, it, it, it's the thing. I mean, we've seen it many times in criminal cases where autopsies are done wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just wrote down the wrong number. Yeah. Right? You know, instead of writing down 511, he wrote down 59. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. There you we know? go. Because as you said, they know what happened. They saw it on TV. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I don't know this for a fact, but maybe people, when they don't have a circulatory system pumping through them, get shorter. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so, you know, when when you have a mysterious death, you know, usually that autopsy is going to be handled by the elected coroner, like the actual, like, elected or appointed position because they're, like, the best qualified. Bones. Yeah. But when, you know, when it's a well-documented case and, you know, everything's seemingly obvious, they're going to hand it off to a medical examiner in the office. They're going to hand it off to a guy, you know, one one of the assistants to go through. Because, you know, hey, they need the practice. So, yeah. You know, here we had, uh, 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 I believe her name was Elizabeth Balrog. Uh, she was one of the one of the premier uh, medical examiners in the country. I mean, she would recreate entire crime scenes in her office um, just to figure out what happened. And then there's other ones who, you know, eh, eh, eh. okay, here's cause of death. May I invoke the name of Thomas Noguchi? Sure, why not? Okay. Um, and shall I uh, shall I play the last clip? Eddowes requested that Tarrant County officials exhume the body buried under the name of Lee Harvey Oswald. His request was rejected, and Eddowes has since taken legal action in a state court. Could there have been two Oswalds? Eddowes claims the picture on the right is the second Oswald, the Russian impersonator. Imposter or not, the bigger mystery remains. Who fired the shot from the grassy knoll? If there was a shot from the grassy knoll... Well, but this is the problem. This is the problem with the episode. Is like suddenly they reintroduce the grassy knoll at the end. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like you know, it's it's like well, that you know, seems like a big deal. We we haven't like, like whether there was a shot from the grassy knoll, but they never established that there was. <sighs> no, wait, are they in search of this episode? So, so even even if, and we know this is not true, but even if he were. A guy who was named Alec, who was a, a Russian spy. What does that have to do with with the grassy knoll? Yeah, you've already you've already stated that he didn't kill him, right? The shot came from the grassy knoll. It's like so that it has absolutely nothing to do with you know anything. So this was a this is an episode where we learned really nothing of any value. Am I right? Yes, you're absolutely right. Huh. I mean, uh, you know, I, I wrote down, you know, it's like in search of do better. Oh, yeah. Anyone First have any? Th- the episode is misnamed. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. 
if that's number one. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if you're going to talk about Lee Harvey Oswald, you've got to do a deeper dive than that. Mm-hmm. Just call it the Kennedy assassination. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, anyone else have anything to add? Or I'm did good. I already ask that question? I'm good. I have nothing to say. But thank right. you for humoring me. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, before we sign off, a big shout out to... Uh, Apparently, we have a listener, <laughs> a, a gentleman by the name of Rodney Anonymous. Uh, well, first of all, he liked the cover art for, uh, what was it, uh, episode f- uh, 424, which was uh, season four, episode 24, Past Lives, with that uh, 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 that that really safe for all ages uh, thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, and I believe, uh, yeah, he also mentioned, uh, our, uh, wrap up episode. I don't remember. Uh, yes, yes he did. Oh, yeah. okay. You were, you responded and everything. Uh, no, I re- I responded to the, uh, to the, to the clip, uh, you know, the, the, the thumbnail image. Ah. But, you know, hey, thanks for listening. Thank F- you, feel, Rodney. F- feel free to, uh. You know, give us your input anytime. Uh, Oliver, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Oliver Rockside. And Stephen? I am on Twitter at Doc Pinko. And you can find me at Alien CG. And you can find this podcast at Illuminati Pod, where we actually have a listener. Uh, I confess, I killed Kennedy 10 years before I was born. It was a past life, past life's thing. I swear it. Have a good week, everyone. I thought you were still humoring me. (laughs) Toodles, kids. I knew you were going to say that. See ya.